Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Match Report. It's our first match report of the season as we look back on Forest's opening game of the Premier League campaign where they lost 2-1 to Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium. Steve Cooper's team were 2-0 down after 32 minutes. Goals from Eddie Nketiah and Bakayo Saka put Arsenal into a two-goal lead. But in the second half, Forrest responded and set up a dramatic finish with a goal from Tyro Awanyi on 82 minutes, which made it 2-1 and made for a nervy ending to the match in North London and and had title-chasing Arsenal throwing defenders on and and worrying about hanging on to their lead. But hang on to it, they did. And Forrest went down by two goals to one and opened up the Premier League season with a defeat, but a very encouraging one, I think most of us will agree. It's the first match report of the season and we've got two new voices joining us, George and Ellie. Hello, guys. You were both there. Welcome to 1865. Hello. Hello. Great to have you with us. And you were both there at the Emirates today. What was it like? Was it a good atmosphere in the Forest End? Yeah, I think it was, to be fair. Um, I mean, on the train, it's always packed to Forest fans going from up north in the train station. On the tube, everyone was chanting and... It was just great to be back, you know. It's only been, what, 76 days since that party that we had at Crystal Palace, but it did feel very similar to that day, to be fair. Uh, The Waka Waka chant came out once as well, so I think everyone was just relishing being back, and even though it's a daunting fixture against Arsenal, it was just the feel-good factor that we've got football back finally. Yeah, it's good to have it back, and it was nice to have a break, but it feels like we're ready now for a new season, and yeah, bring it on. So, team news then for Forest. They they lined up in a, a 5-2-3 formation, making his debut, Matt Turner, in goal against his former club. Back five for Forest: Ole Einer, Joe Worrell, Scott McKenna, Willie Barley and Serge Aurier. Then a midfield, two sitting of Oromangala and Ryan Yates. Danilo just in front of them. And then in front of Danilo, Morgan Gibbs-White and Brennan Johnson. So 
Uh, I'll come to you, Ellie. What did you think of the the team news and the way that Steve Cooper lined up for this one? Was it what you was expecting? Yeah, it was pretty much. Well, not even pretty much. It was actually exactly what I would have expected. And there are some players where it was, or maybe Drupal Elangus in straight away. Nico Williams, he ended the season on a high. Does he get a place in the team? But ultimately, I think Cooper picked the right team to start and made the right changes as well. I think putting Alanga in whilst he came on strong would be unfair to just drop him in the first team like that when he's got some fantastic competition. But what he's certainly doing is competing after that performance. I'd like to see him in again, that's for sure. And I think I was very excited to see Ola Aina. I think he impressed. I was very happy about that. And obviously, we would have liked to have seen a one-year on from the beginning. I think I speak for all Forest fans, but he has obviously had that injury and it it was expected. I was surprised when I to see him on the bench, but very happy about that when I saw that. So it was what I was expected. And I, it was, in my opinion, the absolute right choice to make. I think Cooper picked well and made some fantastic changes throughout the match that changed the game. And it was a fantastic performance. Well, the second half. That is, <laughs> and the second half was a fantastic performance. But overall, very happy with how it went and a lot of promise, a lot of potential and a very encouraging start to the league. The match itself, kickoff was delayed for 30 minutes due to a problem with the e-ticketing system at the Emirates, which saw the vast majority of supporters still outside the ground at 12.30, which was the original kickoff time. Were you guys okay getting in? Was that just an Arsenal thing? Were the Forest fans all right? Or were you all caught up in it as well? I struggled, actually. Um, I was scanning my ticket and it wouldn't scan. And it's funny because I go with my grandparents and you think they might be the ones that were struggle. So they went through first straight away. I did mine and it was just not going. And they were, they were still in there laughing at me because I couldn't get through. So I, I actually did. It took me about a minute to get through. It did scan in the end, but I think they said it was a new system or something. Um, but to be fair, like, like you said, at half 12, we were looking around and it wasn't even half full. So it was probably the right decision, to be fair. I don't know if you struggled, Ali. I got in fine, to be honest. I was, but I, there were so many people outside. I got, I entered about probably quite stupidly quarter past. <laughs> but then walking around, I didn't really think much of it at the time. I was like, God, there's a lot of people coming in really late, isn't there? Yeah. But now I realised it's because their ticket wasn't working. But, it you know, it seems to happen a lot in the Premier League, these sorts of random issues occurring or troubles getting in. Like last season, I've had problems in places. Yeah. It's silly, but at least everyone was able to get in. At least it was delayed for half an hour so people could all be in there because it really was empty. I think especially for Arsenal fans looking around. <laughs> That's yeah, a lot to yeah. be and to be fair, when I when we got to our turnstile, because we came from like the other side of the stadium, we were walking past all of the Arsenal turnstiles, and like Ellie said, it was like full to the rafters. And then you, it looked like a half an hour queue. Got to our bit, and I think I was a bit before you about. I think we went in about twelve, and literally there was no queue at all for us. So yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. 
So the game kicked off eventually at one o'clock, so half an hour late. And when the match started, Forrest, I thought, looked okay. We we knew that Arsenal would have most of the ball. We knew that Arsenal would come out and attack and really take the game to Forrest. And obviously we know Arsenal's quality. They they were so close to winning the league last year and a couple of points away from from toppling Man City. So the, this is a an exceptional team. But Forrest... I thought handled them quite well in the opening stages. And despite Arsenal having more of the ball, they looked okay. They they didn't look like they were getting pulled apart or or kind of overrun or anything. What did what did you think, George? Yeah, I think we did play well. It was certainly a long opening. I can remember it was after about six minutes, I thought, oh, it must be about 20 minutes in. Locked up and it said six. And I was like, wow, I don't think we've had a kick yet. But It's expected, isn't it? I mean, Cooper before the season said that he wants to play a style with more of the ball and to see the best of our attacking players a bit more. But you've got to be realistic with the start we've been handed by the Premier League. Thank you very much, our first four away games. (laughs) You've got to be realistic and know that that's not going to come straight away. And how we played last season was sitting back, play on the counter-attack, and that's how we stayed up ultimately. So it's what the current players know best. And like you say, I mean, last season we played Arsenal we just looked so easy to play against and they were at a canter and still scored five. Whereas this season, it was they had to work a lot harder for the eventual goals they got and for the chances they got. And there was far less openings, like you say. But, and we actually had the first big chance. And in the first half, I can't remember, apart from the two goals, many other chances. So I think Forrest did handle Arsenal and their possession quite well. It's funny because just before the Forest chance came that we're going to talk about, TNT on their coverage flashed up a possession bar that said Arsenal 90, Forest 10. When that bar came down, the ball went through and Johnson was in on goal. So Forest had the first big opportunity of the game. It was a header from Willie Bolly that caught the Arsenal defence out. It, it looped over them. Morgan Gibbs-White was coming back from an offside position, but he wasn't offside. Brennan Johnson running through, he's onside. The ball comes to him. It's a bouncing ball, but he's one-on-one with Aaron Ramsdale and he skews it wide and, and sends the ball into the stand. Ellie, that seemed like the opportunity for Forrest that they'd been waiting for and it really needed to go in, didn't it? Oh, my gosh. I mean, watching that from the stands, I actually, it was so far wide. I just thought it had been deflected. So I was like, oh, OK, you know, at least we've got a corner. no. No, I mean, it's not like Jono to do something like that. I think that's partially why I just assumed it had been deflected. But they are... I mean, if we'd have started the game 1-0 up, it changes the game, It re- especially for a team like Forest. We know what we're like. We concede a goal, our heads go down, and we usually concede another in our current form. That's been... A theme throughout the whole of last season. There's almost always another one to come not long after. So if we start bundling up, it's a different game entirely. We our confidence levels are up. I mean, look what happened when we did eventually score a goal. After that, then comes another chance. Suddenly Arsenal are a bit shaken. And it I mean, one nil, we could have easily held on. Well, easily, okay, easily is a strong word, <laughs> but we did play well. Despite that, at the end of the day, you can't win a game by the chance like chances you didn't make. We didn't score that goal. And 
we did pay for it. It happens. It happens. There's no need to, you know, slaughter Jono for it, but I'm sure he will be upset with himself for that. Yeah, you expect a player of his ability to finish a chance like that and 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 get the goal and give Forrest a platform at least. And yeah, like you say, you don't know. One nil up, the pressure suddenly on Arsenal and, and they've got to come out and, and try and score. And yeah, you, you never know really th- those fine margins. But Arsenal did punish Forrest in the end for that missed opportunity and they went in front through Eddie and Ketia. Uh, this was 26 minutes. It it came from a flick from Martinelli, sort of spun away from two players oh. and flicked the ball inside for Nketiah. He cuts inside and, and his shot finds the back of the net. But it just deflects off Joe Worrell on the way through. And I do wonder, had it not been for that little nick, maybe Matt Turner would have been able to get something on it. But that's what happens, George, against these top teams. It at that point, Forrest had handled them pretty well, but the scoreline suggested different. Arsenal were in front. And that's it. And, and I think with Johnson, we had the best chance of the game. You look at the, the Nketiah chance, he had a sea of players around him. And like you say, if that deflection didn't go off Worrell, I reckon Turner had that. And even still got close to it after the deflection. And that just shows the fine margins of football. You know, I don't want to sound like Mark Warburton used to. He used to say fine margins all the time, didn't he? But... You know, Forrest had that huge chance with Johnson, best of the game, and he doesn't score it. Arsenal get a sort of half chance and do. And even the, I mean, the most annoying thing about both goals we conceded, I think, was they were both from corners that we didn't clear properly. You can, you know, maybe conceding a really good possession goal, nice one-twos against a team like Arsenal, you can hold your hands up. But when it's sort of your own doing, it's, it is annoying. But yeah, Martinelli, I think he looked like their most threatening player, to be honest. I know you've got Saka on the right, who's probably their best player and their most reliable player, but... It's not like the other side's any weaker, you know, because Martinelli, I think, had the better game of the two. And when it's your day, I don't think, honestly, that little flick that he did was in that intentional. And if it was, it got lucky to find its target. And Ketty was good. He was on the move. He was moving that way and received it well. Um, but that's the difference in it. The, the teams at the top of the table seem to get that rub of the green. And like you say, Nketiah, it was the coolest man in the Emirates, to be fair. He didn't unleash it straight away. He got onto his right foot, made sure he had the right time and space to do it. And even then, it had to take a deflection off Warrell to get um, to get through him. And, you know, we conceded and you just hoped that maybe our heads, like Ellie said, wouldn't drop and we'd carry on. Um, but yeah, 29, was it 29 minutes? Just before half an hour, wasn't it? It's the first real chance of the game I can remember us conceding. So we did really well up to that point to, to keep them out for that long, I think. And then it was six minutes later that Arsenal doubled their lead. And this goal, it, I mean, it's a moment of brilliance from Bukayo Saka. The shot from 25 yards, Turner's got no chance at all saving that. The way he hits it with his instep and it flies. But as much as the goal, you've got to give Saka credit for what he does. Again, could Forrest have prevented this? George, you, you mentioned there maybe Forrest could have done better in the build-up to it defensively. Yeah, like I say, it was from a corner and and actually, Forrest had been in possession when they had very little possession of the ball in the first half. I think it was 16% by the end of the half. It was like it, it was the ball was on fire. They were sort of trying to get rid of it and no one wanted it. And then sort of the one time where Gibbs White had it in the corner and 
sort of everyone was, it was like, I don't know, he'd, he'd got a disease. Everyone was running away. Some of the players were running into the middle. Other ones were running up front. And Gibbs White is swarmed by red shirts. And you're thinking, right, just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. But he holds on to it too long, concedes it. And then, you know, once you give Pacayo Saka space on that right channel, you know, he's always going to do what he's doing. And like I say, Forrest were in transition. They're ready for that tack. So they weren't in position to defend him cutting inside. And, you know, there's not many players better at world football cutting inside on the left foot and, and curling it like Saka did. So I think that was the only time in the game that he successfully did that. I think Aina and McKenna did well down that side, but you give these top players one chance like that and they'll take it. And that's the difference at this level. Yeah, exactly. Elliot, at that point, I, I was worried that it was going to go the same way as last season where Forrest capitulate and Arsenal run up a, a score of three, four or five goals. But Actually, Forrest did okay, didn't they, after they conceded that second? Heads didn't go down and, and they just stuck to the game plan. I think, yeah, we all worry with Forrest away, given our record. But like you say, I think the best way to describe our first half, I would say in one word, would be lethargic. I think we were nowhere near as scrappy as we were last season at this point, where it was very disjointed and we had all these new players and no one knows who's where, what our team is. So we had a lot more order in that sense. We were a lot tidier compared to last season. But I think we also were lacking as much intensity as we know we can give in the first half. I think that's probably the best way of putting it. And I think we went 2-0 down. But the way we were playing, I actually didn't, feel stressed I don't know maybe I was the only one in the stands but I felt like actually we can hang on to this I honestly didn't think we were going to score a goal if we continued playing the way we had played in the first half I thought we were going to hang on to a 2-0 but we came in in the second half and I think Cooper must have had a good chat with them I don't know what was said but the second half I think we came on stronger and they came on slightly weaker I would put it. Or maybe we just made them look, to be fair, a little bit weaker because of how well we played. Um, we came on with a bit more intensity. And it was quite nice to see, in the second half especially, that we didn't let our heads go down and go, oh, gosh, let's just try and, you know, protect our, protect our goal from conceding more and just panic and just focus on keeping it to nil. It was nice to see that Cooper thought, actually we've got enough here. We can score a goal. We can challenge them. And I really love to see that. And I can understand why from the beginning, the game plan was to try not to concede because of our record away from home, which is why um, I appreciate the lineup that we had because I, I personally advocate for Nico Williams because I think he's fantastic. But in, in this game, I think it was the right choice for Oreo. And we ended up playing much higher intensity, especially with Ilanga, which I'm sure we're all going to talk about. It was fantastic. The way that we were able to keep our heads up and decide, actually, we can come back into this just because they're Arsenal, just because they finished second last season. This is a this is still a game that we can get some points from. And I really was... It's showing a lot of promise in mentality as well as skill and talent. And that's so important. And Arsenal will certainly know all about that, bless them, after last season. <laughs> I think it's very important that we're able to stay so resilient after conceding two goals and they did us so proud. 
and it, I think it shows that Forest are continually developing. I think they've always done that under Cooper, and um, I think that's a real quality of, of Cooper's management as well. But it it seems like we're trying to put right the mistakes that were made away from home last season, and and yes, it it might not always be pretty, particularly in games away to the top six, but it's kind of what you've got to do just because the golfing quality is 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 so much, but. I think Forrest, the way that they competed in that second half, it was it, it it was something to take real encouragement from, particularly with the next round of away fixtures to come when you've got the likes of Chelsea away, Man United away. It could be very much more of the same. Just a, a, a quick one then for uh, how the second half went. So, yeah, I think Forrest stood to the game plan, but just came out a bit more, competed a bit more and... Um, had a bit more fight about them, I think is is probably the best way of putting it. Arsenal did still have some chances. Matt Turner made a really good save from Declan Rice, a 20-yard shot. I think that took, came off Warrell slightly as well, and it was creeping into the bottom corner, but Turner got across and palmed it onto the post, and, and it was a really good save. And then in the 71st minute, Forrest made their first changes. So Tyro Awanyi and Nico Williams came on for... Danilo and Ola Aina. And then on 80 minutes, Anthony Alanga comes on for Brennan Johnson. And within two minutes, Alanga and Dewanyi, the two substitutes, have combined and, and created this fantastic counter-attacking goal that gave Forrest hope. And George, watching the footage back of it, they're the, it's an Arsenal corner. It's cleared. It comes to a Awanyi. He feeds it left to Alanga, who sprints up the left touchline a good 50 yards into the box. A one year's there, he's carried on his run and he, he taps it in from six yards. But that was an electrifying moment, wasn't it? I can only imagine what it was like watching it live in the ground. Yeah, I'll, yeah, that moment was it was something special. But I think, like you say, electrifying, it was that spark that Forrest had been missing up front for the entire game, really. I think Iwanyi was a huge difference. Uh, you know, obviously, we had sort of Gibbs-White and Johnson in that forward position, but it was like we were we were, had 10 men because we had no one to hold up the ball. And I actually, I had looked at one stat before this game and I was interested before we came on the pod. Iwanyi had 11 touches in the, like, 20 minutes he played and Johnson had 17 in the whole of the game. And, and that's the difference, I think. It's no fault of Johnson, really, that he's not that type of player to be that number nine. But when you've got someone like a one year who goes out of his way to get involved, to drop deep, we can play off him. And suddenly then you, you connect the forward to the back, to the middle, and we just look more of a team as opposed to like split apart, if you see what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. I think Ilanga brought that energy that we were missing as well. I think we already knew he was quick, um, but I sort of wondered if he if he had end product. And a one year did fantastic. I mean, Ilanga, we know is so fast, but a one year gives him the ball and then he's with him pretty much the whole way as Alanga sprints down that left wing. No one was no one was catching him. No one, Usain Bolt would have done well to catch him. So he did brilliantly down that left-hand side to get in that position. And don't be fooled by a one year how easy he made it look. It, that was not a, a, an easy finish. And what I like the most about it is he was never in that position to score. It was never between those two defenders right until the second where Alanga was about to cross it and then he darted into that zone, got there first, ahead of the keeper, ahead of 
was it Ben White or Saliba, the other defender, and tapped it home. And I think that that's that proper centre-forward play that Forrest don't have without him. I think he's the only player that brings that in our, in our squad. And that's why when he's injured or for the AFCON later in the season, it's a big worry. But yeah, those pair, they brought the energy, they brought the life, they brought the fight that Forrest's attack was missing. And, and from then, I mean, I thought I might even win it, let alone get a draw. So, and it was, it was amazing in the away end to to have that moment. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, he did. He did look good when that when that goal went in the away end, and there was some encouraging link up between Awanyi and Alanga, which I'm excited to see more of. The the more time that they get to play together, uh, Awanyi just came on and was a, was a complete handful. I thought, well, I, I think he's getting better all the time. He seems to be really growing into that number nine role and being the main striker for Forest. I'm hoping that he can come in and start the next couple of games, but it was understandable, I think, Ellie, given the fitness concerns over him in pre-season that he was on the bench for this one, but it allowed him to come on and and make such a big impact. Absolutely. I mean, especially with our injury record last season, I think we all agree we want to keep our players uninjured as possible. If it means that he has to come off the bench, I'd rather that than he comes on from the beginning and gets injured and doesn't come back for however many games. But he's on an incredible, incredible form I think at the end of last season it was six goals in four games and it's almost like he just continued there was no no holiday no time off he's still on incredible form he is I think he's going to score a lot of goals this season Go on, put going, a number on it Ellie put a number on it oh I like that oh okay 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 you know what I feel I think he's going to score 14 that's really specific, but I feel like he's going to score 14 goals. He's going to be our top scorer. And he's just on an incredible run of form. The way he came on instantly, he holds up the ball so well. And with Ilanga's pace and energy, it just worked so brilliantly. And how you can come on and within two minutes do that, score a goal and just change the whole game like that, change the whole feeling. The whole feeling in the stadium switched on its head entirely is just insane. It's very impressive. I don't know about you guys, but I was just shocked. <laughs> like very, I wasn't ready for it to change that quickly. I had full faith in them, don't get me wrong, but I wasn't ready for it to just happen like that. I was like, wow, that's, that's some efficiency, that is. And honestly, the atmosphere in the ground was, well, in the forest end, was incredible. It just switched on its head. It's like we all suddenly thought we can, we might witness, you know, like we could come back now. Absolutely incredible from a one year. He's only going to get better. Like say he's developing all the time. The consistency to score, what is that now? Seven goals in five games, if we can like include the end of last season. Yeah. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. That really is just like that. And he's only going to score more. He's only going to keep getting better. 14 goals. I put a number on it now and you can hold to that. <laughs> you heard it here like, first. Like you said, Stephen, sorry, like you said, Stephen and, and Ellie as well, that he keeps getting better. Like I often thought his downfall was on the ball. I thought he looked a bit clumsy and out of his depth when he had to play football. But actually, like you said, his layoff for Elanga was excellent and his hold-up play and you can play off him a lot more. So I think he's getting better every time he plays. He's getting better as a footballer and yeah, it's exciting to see the player he's going to turn into. You said 14. 
you know, he got 10 last season and was injured for a quarter of it. So I think that's quite realistic. I like, I like your prediction. Might be underpredicting, you know. Might get a bit excited, but I'm okay. saying 14. I just feel it. I feel it. I'm going to say 15. Oh, just to one-up me. <laughs> <laughs> So, Forrest, at that point, then 2-1, as you say, Ellie, it just changed the feel of the game and suddenly Arsenal looked shaky and worried. And, in fact, they brought on Gabriel, another defender, to, to try and shore things up at that point because they had looked reasonably comfortable. It felt like, yeah, they'll probably win this 2-0 and, and that'll be that. But, yeah, the Forrest goal changed things. And... Forrest almost equalised not long after. It was Morgan Gibbs White had an effort from outside the box, which uh, on the volley just went over the bar, and you it was just that feeling of yeah, come on, lads, you you've got him here, and they definitely had Arsenal worried for that for that last ten minutes and and made life uncomfortable for them. Forrest made two more changes. Uh, Chris Wood and Czech Kiate came on just as we went into ninety minutes, replacing Joe Worrell. An oral Mangala, so Forrest went back to a, a four at the back at that point. I thought Chris Wood as well. He he was running around and he was really getting himself involved in things and he looked up for it, which was good to see because he seemed to struggle last season to really find his place in the team and he looks hungrier already this season. What do you think, George? Yeah, I, mean, I hope so because, like I mentioned earlier, when AFCON comes around, someone's got to fill the void left by Wanyi. I think maybe some of the criticism is a bit unfair because Forrest don't really play to his style, but then you've got to adapt as a Premier League striker to to your club, um, I suppose. Yeah, he threw himself around a bit, he got involved. Um, I still don't think he's probably ready to challenge a Wanyi for that number nine shirt, but, you know, he's got Premier League experience, he's scored quite a few goals for Burnley and fitted in well with their system, so... I think it's good competition to have. And if he keeps showing that desire and that passion for the shirt, it's all we can ask for um, as supporters. And he's got that important goal against Man City. He clearly knows where to be. We're never going to forget him for that goal against Man City. So, yeah, I just hope that his confidence and his belief can carry on and maybe he can one day challenge it, won't you? In the end, it finished Arsenal 2, Forest 1. Forest couldn't quite find that equaliser. But despite the defeat, it, it certainly felt more positive, certainly in that second half, the way that Forrest approached it and almost managed to get something out of the game. It's it's a, it's an encouraging defeat. In the post-match interview, Steve Cooper, he mentioned that first half and he said he was disappointed with the, the way that Forrest approached that first half and elements of their play. He said they needed to fight more, they needed to compete more, and that really came through in the second half. So you could see that that difference between first and second half. But I want to raise another uh, another point that Steve Cooper makes in his post-match interview, and that's a penalty shout that Forrest had. It was a corner late in the second half, uh, Willie Bolly with the header. At the time, it looked like it, it just dropped quite tamely to... And Ramsdale, you thought maybe he's only just glanced it with his head volley. But when you look at the replay from behind the goal, it appears that the ball hits Declan Rice's hand and, and drops down and Ramsdale gathers it. But this didn't go to VAR and there was no challenge in the stadium from the players or anything. But 
normally you think VAR would be at the very least taking a look at an incident like that. And that's the point that Steve Cooper made as well in his post-match interview. He said that it should have gone to VAR. And in fact, the VAR team let the referee down by not reviewing it and, and, and at least having a look. Ellie, would you agree with that from, from what you've seen of the incident and what Cooper has said? I mean, absolutely. I, and I think George was the same as well, and possibly everyone who was in the ground, we didn't notice at the time that there was any potential penalty shout. From I did not even, I was not even aware until after the match and you showed me the video and said, yeah, this was, there's something could have been there. But that's the point. We're, that's why VAR is there. What is the point in bringing, bringing in this new technology just to not use it in moments where you can't see it from your angle and the referee can't tell? I mean, I didn't hear anyone make any sort of call from the stands because we wouldn't have noticed at all. And it just seems ridiculous that VAR wasn't, it didn't even take a look. If VAR had looked at it and not given it, I can see the argument for it and it would be consistent with what happened at Man United last season with Harry Maguire, but also inconsistent with other other times that we won't get into that. But at least at least there is an argument, at least it's you know, there is some sort of consistency. But to not even take a look at all is just ridiculous. You may as well not have had VAR there. What was the point in having that technology and having it installed and all those costs just to never look at it? at moments when the referee most needs VAR. It is really poor from the VAR team, as harsh as I am being. I realise I'm being very harsh. But we're going to be. We're going to be. I'm not saying it would have changed the game or anything, but to not look at it is disgraceful, really. You take a look, maybe it was nothing, but that's the whole reason they're there. They did really let down the referee. Did you want to come in on that as well, George? Yeah, I mean, all I had, I mean, same as Ellie, not not a clue that that even happened, to be fair. I mean, I would say in the game, I don't think, I don't know if you feel the same, Ellie, but I didn't know VAR was there. It didn't have any impact on the game. There was no checks. There was, so in terms of a fan experience, that's how you want it to be. But you expect these little things to be going on in the background um, at the same time. And often VAR may, seems to make up things. You look at that and think, have they, have they got that from that? So... That's one of these incidents where the maybe they just look at it twice, think, oh, we'll check that. And even if they'd have just checked it and the thing came up on screen, check and penalty, no penalty, fair enough. You know, with my Forest hat on, I think probably could have been a penalty because, like I said before we started recording, if you score a goal and it comes off your hand, it's disallowed. But then if if it's the other way around, would it have, it's not a penalty. Like, say if, in the head of it, it had gone off Rice's hand and in the net, would that not have been a goal because it came off his hand? Do you know what I mean? So it's just that clarity that that you want. And if I'm being honest, probably wasn't a penalty, but at least to check it and to show that you are, well, there's a VAR there, paying attention to the match would have been would have been nice. So, but yeah, like I say, we, we had no clue that that even happened in the ground, to be fair. Right, interesting. So... We'll, we'll leave things there for a second and we'll hear now the opposition view on the game. So it's over to our Arsenal fan, Chris Holwood. After a delayed start due to ticketing issues, the dawn of a new season began for Arsenal at the Emirates. Arsenal, facing our old goalkeeper Matt Turner for the first time, needed to answer a fundamental question 
which we needed to overcome from last year. It had plagued us all season. Are we able to close a game out and secure all three points? After an early opportunity by Johnson, we finally made our 90% possession count. A neat bit of skill from Martinelli on the left allowed Eddie Nketiah to put the ball past Turner. 1-0. This lead was doubled by our star boy Saka with a great finish. After just one game, will he strike a ball as good as that all season? I'm not so sure. We played all three of our new signings. Timber had an absolutely great game at fullback before going off injured. While Arsenal were unlucky not to extend the lead further, particularly from record signing Rice. And that miss led to another familiar situation happening for us, not being able to close out a game. After a great run for Malanga down the left-hand side, inevitably a clean sheet was lost for us again. I'm still not sure about our other signing Havertz. Another great answered question, will Arteta be able to get the best from him? He wants him included in the team, which is understandable considering the fact he costs 65 million, but at what cost to the rest of the team? We don't know his best position, and at times the formation that we seem to be playing worked, and at others everything just seemed disjointed. But perhaps that is just a sign of the fact that we are at the start of a new season. Overall, I'm sure that won't be our best performance of the season, but I'm really glad to see Forrest continue to do well. I hope they have another great season, particularly with your new American in goal. Arsenal have a really long year ahead of us, and I just hope we can scale some of those heights that we had last season and ultimately rediscover how to keep that clean sheet. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The 1865 Match Report. Thanks to our Arsenal fan, Chris Harwood, for the opposition view there. So coming back to the game and the approach that Forrest had, the low block has become a bit of a, a popular word now in football. It's it, it can be used in quite a critical manner, but for Forrest, it's been proven to be quite an effective tactic, certainly under Steve Cooper last season in the Premier League and turning around our fortunes a bit away from home. Forrest went with that approach again against Arsenal and, try to stay in the game and then at the end come on stronger and try and catch Arsenal out. Do you think that approach was was justified, George, uh, given the way that the game played out and how Forrest went about their business? Yeah, I think it was. I think if we try and play Arsenal at their own game, that's not going to end well with the attacking players that they've got, to be fair. So I don't think that's that was going to work. I think even Cooper and you guys, critical of the first half, I think it probably needed to be like that because Forrest had to probably get to half-time not out of the game. At 2-0, away at the Emirates, it doesn't look good, it doesn't sound good, but you're still in the game if something, if you get an early goal or if something goes your way. So I think we had to do that for the first half and then maybe build. And actually, I was watching um, the overlap, Gary Neville's The Overlap, and Jamie Carragher said on it that the way Forrest played at the back end of last season, he was really impressed and that's maybe the way we need to keep playing. And as much as 
as a fan, maybe it's not the most attractive way of football. It's not the thing you want to see every week. If it's getting your results and if it's getting your places, maybe that's sort of the way you have to go. You know, obviously, if you play like next week, Sheffield United or things like that, you've got to be adaptable and be able to have more of the ball against teams like that. But if we have a strategy, I think, to be able to go to these places like Old Trafford in a few weeks, then Stamford Bridge, then the Etihad. And if we've got a strategy that the players know well and they know how how it works, and if it's if it goes how it did today, it so nearly came off. If we have players like Awanya Yalanga who made the good things happen, playing from the off in that style, then it could be a good thing for Forest. So while I don't think it's something we should be aiming to play all season, I think for the initial few games and away games while we're sort of finding our way again, I think it's it's how we're getting points, how we stayed up last season and it's not where I want to be, but it's a starting point. And that's the big thing as well, the difficulty of Forest's first few away games and the quality of opposition that they're up against. We've we've got to get used, I think, to the to this style of play, certainly for the for this first run of opening away fixtures. Ellie, I said in the last podcast that I don't want a tough away start to cloud judgment on how the team's performing because you're not going to really judge a season on how you perform away to Arsenal, to Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, etc. Um, but the way that Forrest performed today, I think, does give us encouragement going into those games and for the rest of the season as well. I mean, absolutely. If I think if we'd have lost and played quite badly, I probably would be saying the exact opposite, saying, no, no, it doesn't matter. But the fact that we, no, it's not even just about the scoreline for me. And I think I speak for the majority of fans. It's the way we went about the game, the manner of which we played the game and got 2-1. It's the fact we started slow. We did concede two goals. And that is something that we need to work on is after conceding one, try not to concede another straight away. (laughs) Um, But the fact that we then came back from that is really really promising and especially against teams like Arsenal when we know they have so much to offer they have a lot going on that is difficult to handle I mean Martinelli had a fantastic game I know he had that really cool flick spin thing that everyone's probably talking about but that was an accident but other than that he was really cool and um, I just feel like the manner of which we came back and developed throughout the game as well. You could see the players growing in confidence, minus that little blip like we usually have with conceding straight afterwards, growing in confidence throughout the game and kind of adapting as they go. And it was really, really promising. And I actually feel so much more confident after this first match than I did going into the season. I was quite a lot more nervous than I was last season, quite randomly not sure if I speak for other fans as well but I was perhaps overly confident before last season but I was quite nervous this time around and they've really really come together so quickly against a very difficult side to play that most sides even Man City would not really want to face in their first match away as well Mm. and 2-1 that's not a bad scoreline and like you say, we shook them. We made it difficult for them. They were 
trying to hang on by the end. We could have, in theory, maybe had a penalty. And, you know, it was it was very close by the end of the game. We looked very well matched, if not by in the last 15 minutes, we looked the better side. So there's a lot of promise for these next few scary games that we've got. And to draw upon what George said earlier about the way we're playing um, and how we play home, um, away from home in these few first, first few games, I think we just have to keep going forward for those away games the way we are. And like George said so rightly, it might not be attractive, but it's it's working quite well so far. It's doing what we want it to do. And I think at the end of the day, we want to take home the points. That's what, that's what we all want as fans. But I'm feeling very confident for the next few games. And if we continue to develop the way we are and at the rate that we are, we could really win a couple of these way games, I would say. Maybe I'm too overconfident, but that was a good performance in that second half, especially the final 15 minutes. How did you think Forrest's new signings got on? And who in particular impressed you in this game? I think we've, we've spoken enough about Elanga, so we'll put him to the side. Um, if, you, if you've not heard that, scroll back. Uh, I think Turner, you've got to be impressed by him. There's not much he could have done for either of the goals, really. And like I say, got close to that deflected one, made a good, good save. And I can't remember who, but there was a shot that was like bouncing and it was going into the top corner and he made a good save. I forgot I forgot what happened there, but I know he made a good save there. I don't know if you guys remember that. but I think it was Rice, wasn't it? Just after the one that he tipped onto the post, he yeah. had another opportunity. And yeah, that was a good save. And um, and like I say, Ainer, I was impressed by as well with um, Saka on that right-hand side. Like I say, he only got in and cut inside and obviously scored that, but that was from a corner where probably no one was in position. So I think... Him and McKenna, I was really impressed by. I think McKenna was, I chose as my man of the match on the train home anyway. Um, but I think Aina for his first, obviously he's had Premier League experience before, but his first game in our system on is a right footer on the left as well. So that's not the easiest thing to do. We're not, have we actually, I don't think we've actually got a left footed left back at the minute with Toffolo out and Richards, who knows. So I think Aina did, did well as well. I don't know what you think, Ellie. Yeah, I think he... I mean, I was always very positive and excited about him. But maybe that's just me always being quite excited whenever we sign someone. But I think he really did come on well, considering he's just dropped into the team. And he just, he, he looked relatively, I know he did have Saka, so no one's going to be comfortable. But he, he dealt with him relatively well, as well as you really can do with a player like Saka. Because he is... We know what he is. He's class. <laughs> but um, and uh, Elanga, like we say, we've spoken a lot about Elanga. The pace is exciting. I think is one key point about Elanga that in our current squad is very exciting. We don't have a lot of pace. We have Johnson, who we know is very quick. And I think seeing how quick he was, because it was freakishly fast, is very exciting because I think that can really add to our game. And like I say, Matt Turner, there wasn't much he could do about those two goals. Uh, the first one deflected. That's really unlucky. Unlucky for Joe Warrell, unlucky for Forrest. Not much that could be done about that. But I think all three of them made a, a good positive impact, played well. 
didn't seem too nervous, didn't seem too disjointed. And I think they all fit in really, I mean, I know obviously Matt Turner's a keeper, so it's a bit different, but they all fit very nicely into the team. And it's very, they added, I think, they all added to our squad. And it was a lot easier to have just two new signings and then one coming off the bench than last season when we went to Newcastle, having nine new players, whatever we had. Everyone looked like they'd never played in the Premier League before. And, <laughs> and that, I think that was, a, like, I know we had some bad away days, but that Newcastle game was a real wake-up call as to, wow, this is the Premier League. And then Newcastle did well last season, but Newcastle weren't even seen as one of the big teams when we played them. And still, we looked absolutely starstruck. So I think it's nice to have two new players as opposed to nine. We weren't disjointed as we were last season at the beginning of the season. There was some fluency and good communication between players. And I think that's only going to build. And if they're already starting so comfortably within the team and able to play off each other so well, you already mentioned a Langa and a Wanyu. That was beautiful, I think, is a word I'm going to use. Um, it's only going to get better. It's a strong start from all three of them. And I'm very excited about what more they can bring in the upcoming games. And looking forward to the next game, Sheffield United at home on Friday night. Forest's first home game of the season. And it was well documented just how good Forest's form was last season and, and the big role it played in keeping them in the Premier League. Home form is going to be important early on this season, given the difficult away fixtures that lie ahead. And this one does feel like an opportunity for Forest to get some points on the board. Sheffield United have got promoted, but they haven't really strengthened. They've lost key players like and die. And this week, Sander Berger. So what would you like Forest to perhaps do differently to what they did against Arsenal against Sheffield United or would there be particular players that you want to see in and playing from the start against them? I think maybe a, a system change to maybe incorporate some of our more attacking players because I, I actually think Sheffield United have got worse because they had those two loanee players from Man City that they had last season who were brilliant for them and then and Dai and, um, and Berger. They've got, I'm excited to see Alan Hodzic as well because he was at Forest for a few years and he's looking good for them. Um, but I saw that up today, and they had Jack Robinson, Ben Osborne, um, in their mid- and like on their left side, and and Max Lowe, and you know you're thinking, is that really a Premier League left side? So I know it's probably rich for a Forest fan to talk about that with maybe some of our selections last year, but yeah, I think Forest have got to attack that game, believe they can win it. It's probably too early for a must win, but you look at the fixtures we've got, and I think Marinakis will be a lot less patient than he was last year because he'll probably see Forrest as an established Premier League club. And if we go after six games, getting one or two points, you know, that, that could easily be the end of Cooper. So it's probably not a must win, but it's a game Forrest have got to approach, believing they can win. And a game where I think they'll probably have more of the, well, a lot more of the ball, hopefully, than they did against Sheffield United. And it's probably a time where you could mention this sort of change of style. It's where he can really show that by playing maybe Gibbs-White, Johnson, if he's still here, and Anger and I want you, if fit on the same pitch, see how they get on, see if that gels. Um, Neil Carter was obviously on the bench, although I think McKenna did, did fabulously today. Maybe he can can get in. So I don't think too many changes are in order, but maybe go to four at the back, play a bit more expansive and 
see if those four players can work well together. You agree, Ellie? Yeah, I think everything you said really is I absolutely agree with. In terms of Sheffield United, I think they're going to have a very tough season, to say the very least. Uh, and what was the final score today? They played, was it Crystal Palace? Um, last 1-0. Yeah, 1-0 Palace. Yeah. yeah, and it was at home for them, wasn't it? And I think I was listening earlier and there was some ridiculous stat of, I think it was 24, uh, Crystal Palace had 24 shots, it, which is for an away fixture when it's a team like Crystal Palace, not the likes of Arsenal, Man City, Man United. That's, I think they've had a shot. They've really had a shock in terms of the step up to the Premier League. It's going to be tough for them. And I think it doesn't mean we should disrespect them in any way by being arrogant about it or feel too comfortable. But I don't think complacency is something Forrest has ever been a victim of. <laughs> um, but like you say, I think putting some, maybe putting some more attacking players potentially, but also looking at it, who do you want to drop after what was actually quite a, a very good performance from us? Uh, I think we all would like to see a Wanyu or a Langer, depending on fitness levels. And I think it's a difficult one, but not so much that I'd like to see a sit back. And I think we can all agree on that. I always feel, especially after last season, a home game, regardless of who we're playing, is a win, absolutely. That is a win, or maybe a draw, maybe, maybe a draw, and that might be quite cocky. But our home form is really quite good. We've got the fans behind the players, so I, I am going into this game of this is a game we should be winning. Not necessarily because, not even because it's Sheffield United and we know that they're struggling, but also because this is our fortress now. You know, so. I'm sure they'll go in much more confident and I think we'll play better football even than we did at Arsenal because just because of confidence. Even though they might not necessarily be as good a side, I think we will look even stronger and play better. So we'll wrap things up there. Thank you, George, and thank you, Ellie, for coming on and we'll be hearing from you throughout the season. And Yes, looking forward to Sheffield United at home next Friday. Thank you to our Arsenal fan, Chris, for providing the opposition view. And thank you as well, listener, for joining us. If you are new to 1865, let me tell you that we produce match reports after every Forest game, and we will be doing that throughout the season. So do subscribe to make sure that you don't miss any of our match reports throughout the campaign. Thanks again for listening and until next time, goodbye. Podcast Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.